and welcome to Keynote Vision. Three views, two films, one podcast. My name is Henry Greenberg, and on the line with me, as always, is Nathan Roberts. I'm chopping at my neck. And <laughs> Luke Hicks. <laughs> I was just trying to be top- topical. No, Luke, you should have been like... <laughs> well, you know what those noises oh, damn, mean. You're We're right. talking hereditary. <laughs> So we all had thoughts about this movie, and so we thought we would just just knock out a, a quick conversation about our thoughts about Hereditary, not really tied to any other film, but this one is sparking conversation not just amongst us, but amongst everyone who's seen this movie. Uh, so we thought we would just uh, hop in with our takes. So let's just get right into it. Nate, what did you think about Hereditary? Yes, yeah, so this is going to be very uh, a very quick conversation on my end, because uh, my computer's about to die. But I'll stick around for as long as I can. But I'll, I'll, I guess I'll get my my thoughts out fast. Uh, basically, Hereditary is a film that is sort of simultaneously a weird out, occasionally gross out horror film, but also psychological thriller. It's about a basically this strange mother dies at the beginning of the film and it's about her family um, and the various problems that she precipitated little girls get their uh, heads knocked off um what else people get their that review went from very abstract to (laughs) very literal Um, in like one sentence yeah there there are uh, mexican gods what she precipitated and people are getting their heads knocked off and uh you know there's uh there are seances and monologues by a very glum looking tony collette and nice glasses by her on her very solemn husband and a very stoned and weirded out teenage boy. So what did you think of the movie? I was supposed to summarize it. This (laughs) is what Luke told me to do. (laughs) This is what I told you to do. I don't know if you're doing the best job. You know, worst (laughs) jobs have certainly been done. But maybe I'll just cut in real quick to give people a clearer picture of what this movie's about. Uh, A woman's mom dies, and she struggles with the grief of her mom's death. And soon after, another family member dies, and that adds on to the grief. And she meets a woman who's into seances, and so she attempts to conjure her dead family member, who will remain unnamed until spoiler territory later, and the film sort of unfolds from there. It's very creepy as that plot gives off. I think my description had more concrete details, but uh, we can keep going. Yeah, it did. Uh, so what do you think? <laughs> it did. Uh, yeah, good question. So my thought about this movie is I had heard good things. I would heard it was somewhat controversial. I'm I'm always down to be weirded out. I love, you know, I love... Uh, meshes in the afternoon and all sorts of like bizarro surrealist shit so i was like i was pretty much down for whatever and my thought of this film was that it's clearly made by a very talented director um he does a lot of interesting stuff um there are a lot of scenes that were weird and creative and i felt a lot of stuff but my ultimate sense is that it tried to bite off more than it could chew in a way that was ultimately more frustrating than satisfying. And I feel almost bad saying that, because again, I'm down for weird shit. 
but it felt like the internal logic of it didn't quite cohere. And I wasn't totally sure if it wanted to be a psychological study or a family drama or just a all-out scare time. And it kind of tried to do it all in ways that felt ultimately it was splaying itself in a variety of directions. And so I thought a lot of it worked, but I felt ultimately that it crumbled in ways that sort of disappointed me. Well, to inform that, was my that uh, a little, Ari Aster, the writer and director, said that, which this is his first feature film, by the way, I believe. Um, yeah, crazy. Which is wild. Yeah, which is an um, accomplishment. Definitely. But anyways, he said that he wanted to make a family drama but he like checked the box office numbers basically of like family dramas in the past 10 years and was like well there's no like market for that so i'm gonna have to do something else and so he ended up writing this he chose he chose the genre specifically after basically writing the story and then changed things to make it that which i think is wild that I that think actually that's makes wild. a lot I'm like, of sense. It's such a, it is such a Very fucking wild. scary. Actually, scary is not the right word. It's such a creepy movie. It's it just constantly under your skin. It was way less scary than I expected, but always under my skin, always unnerving. Me and too. yeah, I, I think for that reason, it makes sense uh, because it's like, oh, so this started as a family drama, and it it, it started as a drama about grief and dealing with grief and and losing family members and how that affects each member of the family differently and how the family dynamic changes after certain members are lost even if they're more distant members like the grandmother was for their family and then it turned into this but there's a whole hour in the middle that's not scary at all or even really that creepy you know but it's like i mean it makes sense it was it came from this original desire to to tell a story about a, a, a really cathartic story about a family falling into grief and how they all just kind of get fucked up over it and it's like mm. oh wow this it yeah. makes so much sense to me now but i it what blows my mind is the originality that came with the horror aspects of it that it's like oh wait so you wrote this story and then you decided to add these other things that i thought were like so brilliant on their own right but they were just like an addition for you uh anyways a little context yeah see i i i think that i think that makes a lot of sense but i felt like the additions felt like addition oh, really? like com- we can compare this to a film we talked about like rosemary's baby which it steals the ending from essentially right. which is fine but like that film it gets you on a what's horrible about that film is the fundamental feeling of being basically a woman who is not paid attention to and everyone basically mocking you as being like emotional you know and, and therefore not being taken seriously, right? I mean, that is really, like, what is horrible at the heart of that film is that the serious thing is happening and she's just being, like, doubted and right. mocked the whole time. And that's pretty much – that's a fundamental – that fundamental horror is something that a lot of people could relate to. Um, and I feel like in this film, there wasn't there wasn't this close tie in a lot of it between – the elements that were horrible, the horror elements and the familial elements, they felt in some ways like they were 
disparate. And so it was hard. So I kept trying to like think of like metaphorical associations or like I kept trying to relate them to each other and like, what does the dollhouse mean? Like think about these dollhouses and and all that (laughs) sort of thing. And yet it just, I couldn't, I couldn't, I, I, I wanted them to be related. And I thought about it a lot, but in thinking about it, it actually, I think, took me out of the movie a little bit. And that's part of why I ended up frustrated. I don't think it cohered at the level that, like, say, Get Out, for instance, does or something, where there's this clear, where the horror is a clear manifestation of something that is a genuine, regular social evil. Well, yeah, but I mean, I I don't feel like comparing it to Get Out is very accurate because Get Out, or is very, like, I don't. I don't feel like that's a helpful comparison because Get Out is what you're saying it is, and that's what's so great about it is it's like a, it's like a socially apt story, a horror film that brings to your attention, especially white people, in certain ways, uh, like how white people commodify and think of black people, and that's important. But it it's doing that, you know. It's like it's a social horror film. This is not a social horror film at all. This is a very like interior. Well, the familial, the family is no, a, it's social a social unit. unit, but not in the way that like black and white is a social comparison. You know, like you, this is not too right. I'm just saying that interacting. This is this is a very specific family, and family does not interact in the way that like grand social like race metaphors interact. But I feel like the horror does not manifest the realities of family drama in the way that the horror and get out manifested the reality of a very particular sort of black experience. That's my point. So that's what I think the, for me is the frustration. What, what Nate is articulating is that about a third of the way through the movie, I was like, wait, what am I supposed to be scared of? And I never knew the answer throughout the rest of the movie. And I think that bothered me of like, I like, I, and, and, if the idea is that it's this dread that you don't know, you're not supposed to ever like like it is there there is no answer. There is just this this doom that underlies everything. I, I'd be cool with that. Sort of like it's it's misplaced or it's just like almost like nonsensical in a way where it's like where this where horrible tragedies happen and there is no answer, but you just have this awful feeling and, and, and it's unsolvable. I was cool with that. But the, but it became clear that there was a place that this was manifesting from in the the grandmother's dark. We arts, should probably just get into dark magic. Territory. While Nate's still here. Well, yeah. I, I mean, we're, spoilers, we're in spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. But I, spoilers, spoilers. So, but I never understood, and I don't think the. I don't. I just don't think that he totally knows where this horror comes. Like what. What the grandma did, he just never makes that clear. Like, what exactly happened? And, like, why this I can't thing believe was hung manifesting up on, on these people or why that mattered? That's. But you don't know what but the that, stakes yeah. are. The stakes are not established. I am, that's exactly. I don't know why this is happening, but not in a good Beyond way. Beyond the sort general, of like, like, evil is passed on generationally idea. Beyond that, it's not even evil level. though. It's not about evil it, being and, and, passed and I think on that generationally. That's... It's just about like anything, whether it's good or bad or totally evil and satanic, being passed on from generation to generation. But like, what is passed on? I have well, it's no different idea. For what everyone, was there's on not like a solid statement about what gets passed on from each mother to their daughter, and from that grandmother to their granddaughter. I mean, it's. 
this is making a metaphor out of the fact that things get passed on that we don't want. And in this scenario, what gets passed on, which this is a, a point of interest that I, for me, because I, I'm not exactly sure um, like what the interpretation is supposed to be, but that uh, uh, Paimon or Paimon, however you say it, like um, her daughter or Tony Collette's daughter is Paimon. And that this whole film turns out to be an attempt for an attempt of Anne Dowd, who is working on behalf of Tony Collette's mom, the grandmother, to get Paymon's spirit where it belongs. And it's all a trick, essentially, as Tony as far as Tony Collette's concerned, it's a trick. And I don't I don't understand why that has to be like tied to a specific trait or attribute or something that gets passed on. Like what is passed on in, in the scenario of the film is like this demonic inhabitants of a, of a thing of a person of an entity and that is tony collette's daughter i mean that's and you you get that through the film in really brilliant ways you know like no one tells you that you just figure it out because you see a figurine of tony collette's mother breastfeeding or actually not breastfeeding but her, her boob is out grabbing for the child from tony collette and it's like you get this you get this exposition through these tiny little houses that she is an artist uh, that she works on. And it's like, you get exposition through things like that. You get exposition through like little shots about details of the house. It's like how this family operates and, and how this family historically has operated and what's important in this family. And it's like, I mean, I, I just don't understand why that has to be tied to a trait or an attribute or something. It's like, it doesn't need to. I just I just think at some point I was like, what is the logic of what is happening with this demon? And I could never figure that out. Or, or like, because when things would happen, going down like, you know, like when she throws the book into the fire. So many people and talk then like about her that. husband. I don't understand why fire. that's such a problem for people. Because it acting like that is a problem for us narratively also is suggesting that we understand why everything else is happening. And it's like, this is clearly a, you know, like... A, a strangely like metaphysical and detached horror story about spirits that none of us fucking know about you know it's not like we understood why the grandma was her dead smiling old body was lurking in the shadows before earlier in the film but no one talks about that it's like we all just assume that like this is a horror film so her her spirit's probably lurking in the shadows and Tony Clutt sees it. And when she turns on the light, we can all relate to the fact that we see things in shadows and then nothing's there, but it's like, it's a horror film. So we believe that what we see on screen is actually happening, but we don't have that problem with the grandmother. We don't have that problem with so many other things in the film, but all of a sudden we throw the book in the fire and we have a problem with the fact that it catches him on, on, on fire. Like, why is that a problem? No, no, but, but, but see, I, for me, like, that's sort of the problem I have the whole, with the whole movie is it feels like a ton of horror things thrown on screen that don't – that for me, I was never invested in the scare of them or the creepiness of them because I didn't understand why they were there other than just because it's a horror movie. That's how I felt about a lot of the things where it's like this – I feel like this is just happening because it's a horror movie. And what you're saying about what Ari Aster is doing actually makes so much sense. Because I actually found when when I thought that the movie was turning into like a uh, with the family wrestling with grief, that's when I was like, oh yeah, I'm into this. But then when it goes back to this, 
like to the seances that happen and the whole Anne Dowd plotline for me just kind of, I didn't find that overly interesting. It just felt like an overlay of what happens in other horror movies. So for me that it, it, it just lost me of, I, I just didn't understand why I was watching what I was watching other than for the fact that it's like, this is a horror movie, so that's what happens in horror movies. I mean, the way that I tend to think about it is like, and this is a little reductive, right? And I don't think it needs to be the case, but like generally in horror, the humanity and the like, the logic has to be lodged somewhere. So in like, uh, in an exorcist type movie, this definitely um, is. you know, the demon can do all... Well, okay, but the, the, the demon can do all sorts of crazy shit, but the human is typically, you know, the exorcist, whoever's fighting it, is somehow grounded. And what's scary is what it's like to be a person facing this sort of seemingly unstoppable non-human spiritual force. Then there's a sort of horror where it's like what's horrible is the humanity, right? That It's about what humans can do to each other, and it's just a manifestation of a very human horror, and that's what's frightening. And I feel like this film is trying to do was trying to do both. It was like trying to you know, have all the funhouse scares and like horror things, but at the same time be like, but it's the family that's the horrible thing the whole time. But therefore you have no idea where to lodge your sympathies. You have no sort of stance from which you can decide whether something is or isn't real. And like, again, like I like surrealism. Like you don't have to like force something down my throat, but I just couldn't figure out what was happening um, beyond a general sense of unease. And I found it, more frustrating i think this movie is supposed to be frustrating the whole and drive functions on a train i think it's supposed to frustrate you but then why does it give us the answers at the end i mean the answers why couldn't it it would be my return question like there's not a it, it doesn't need to explain to you why it goes the route it goes I would, I would love for it not to, but it feels like because it, it very actively at the end is like Paymon reads paragraph about what Paymon is, and then it tries. It feels like it, that is the moment where it tries to like link everything and like this is what this movie is. And even then, I was like, but I, I still don't understand. Like, wait, okay, what this like? Why and now I'm, I'm thinking supposed to be okay, scared? Why you're supposed to be scared is a question. I don't think any horror movie should be like responsible for answering number one but number two like no but but it does inherently oh i disagree with that why you should be scared like that's not a universal question because, that a movie can answer but, well, like that is an individual question that the movie would have to answer for each person specifically okay but 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 that's what horror does because scaring is simple what's around the corner you know no, what I mean? It, 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 it's often like this is horror not a is like a simple scare movie, thing. If that's what you're looking for. No, no, no. But 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 Rosemary's yeah. Baby is like that too. It's like, what are you scared of? That everyone thinks I'm insane. And in, it, like it, it can often be distilled to like a very like natural well, then, sort of. I mean, impulse. if if that's how you're. And so like in in that movie. I, no, but but I just think that like if you look at most horror movies, even if you don't know what the entity is. Right, you don't know, like, like in Rosemary's Baby, like, for a long time, you're like, I don't know why this is happening to this woman, or I don't know where the dark magic's coming from, but but there's a logic in, like, the main character's focus, so you're like, oh, I, like, even though I don't know quite yet, like, where this dark magic is coming from, or who's trustworthy, or who's not, 
you're aligned with this person. And so the horror is always, or the frustration or whatever is that no one's taking this person seriously and that no one's listening. And that keeps compounding on itself as you're learning more about this like dark spirit. For this, that was the thing where I was like, I don't know, I, I, I just don't know like why any of this is happening or what, but not in a good way. I just felt like lost of like, so is is are bad things just gonna happen to this family just cause? Like, is that just sort of the whole thing that a demon has just chosen this family? No, at random that's not and it. And that's, that's that's not it? it at all. Like the the but thing see, that's that you're part of gives it. you the answer. But 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 when I get the answer at the end, I don't feel like I understand anymore. Like, why did the grandma want Payman to be a part of this? Like, what is the? Because she's like the queen, something. I, I it tried to okay, give me two, answers, and I still feel very that. lost. Two things. Number one, the thing you're supposed to be afraid of. If you're if you're saying like each horror film has something we're supposed to be afraid of, and for Rosemary's Baby, it's like, why am I insane? Uh, or sorry, why am I insane? And why do people think I'm insane? And maybe I'm actually insane. You know, a lot of branch off questions from that. But for Hereditary, the question is like, how do we deal with how do we deal with loss? Like, I feel like that's so clear. I mean, walking out of the movie. No, that's, that's the question. That's like walking of out question. of the movie, I was thinking to myself, yes, that movie was scary for sure, but it wasn't nearly as scary as I expected, especially after all that like heart rate monitor advertising. I was like, okay, this movie was not near as scary as I thought. It's just constantly unnerving. But I, I, I found myself being like, is this a horror movie or is this a family drama? Because this movie is so clearly about grief and what it means to lose someone and how we deal with losing someone, especially in our family, that it's like, I felt like that overtook the film. So I don't understand how that theme is not apparent. But number two, I mean, the, I, the theme is apparent. I wish it, hold on, answering to that first. I wish it's it was more so about much that. about that. I did not like when like in the middle of the movie, it leaves, but, but it leaves that to try and answer all this like horror mythology and do the endowed stuff, which like when it is about like connecting with her daughter again, like that's when I found it interesting. But then when it like leaves that focus on the way that the spirit, you're is describing like six minutes the rest of, this of their two family. Movie. No way, dude! That no. is like the entire like last thirty five oh minutes That's just of not this true. movie. And oh, again, yeah. I mean, I I have I have like one more thing to say, and then I have to leave because my my battery's out. But I guess what 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 I would describe, and I think Henry would agree with, is that it just it seems like the horror itself, the manifestation, the horror does not feel like a manifestation of the grief that the film seems to really want to explore. It feels somehow There's literally in a separate a terrain, and I'm not saying in the fucking attic. Like, what more do you want as far as a manifestation of horror in a real life scenario? What does that manifest? That her spirit somehow hovers over kidding? the family She's in the still. Attic. Like the whole me- the metaphor is almost like too obvious to be to be good. It's like. How do we deal so with? Wait, what's the, how do we deal yeah, with death? I think in our it. Family? I think it is too obvious. But, but to be you good. just said it wasn't there. Now yeah, you're we shove it's it in the attic. Obvious. We put it away. Like which one is it? Well, I think it's either. I think it's either. I think it's either separate. I think it's either not. Like either the logic isn't there or the logic is too obvious. It's like either or. It's like all right, things are passed down. All right, we put our baggage in the attic and hide it away. 
it's like it's either that you know it's either like a miniature is like we're miniature versions of our older of our of problems that already exist i mean you could do all these sorts of readings but i just found it fundamentally unsatisfying and i think I, I, you know, I, I think it's fine. Again, like if there are human stakes, like there can be a film that's just like totally full of all these different scares and the human stakes is like how these grounded people respond to these ungrounded situations. Or you could have situations where what's ungrounded is the humanity. And this film tried to do, it tried to be like, well, what's ungrounded is the humanity, but the things that happened were either too obvious or just abstract. Um, like, I mean, you could do a reading of it, fine. But that doesn't make it any more, like, I just don't think it makes it satisfying. And I think beyond the grandmother in the attic, like, what is payment? What does payment represent? Payment is the grandmother. Like, payment is the fact, like, payment is the payoff to this inheriting shit we don't want from our family members. Like, the fact that a grandmother passed on to her child, which is obviously sounds so fucking ridiculous when you speak it out loud but the fact that a grandmother passed on to her child the spirit of the queen of satan like i mean when you say it out loud like that yeah the metaphor sounds so on the nose but it's like the movie never says it out loud like until the literally the last what minute of the movie like literally the last 60 seconds and so it's like that's it's not something we're like but what does she pass on like a, a demonic spirit moodiness no, depression spirit no, I she mean, was like, a, she was but like we don't say but, but but then but then the spirit also seems to be acting in independently of them also the way it will like leave and like inhabit the, spirit's the brother's chasing body them and then, like, the whole time fuck with every like, single the, character that's and dowd's that's and dowd's role like, and dowd brings the spirit in <laughs> like the spirits doesn't have autonomy so the spirit can't come in by itself that's why and dowd exists in the film and dowd isn't actually like reckoning and 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 bringing in the spirit of her dead grandson to like be friends who knows who the fuck she conjures when she introduces her to the whole thing but what she's doing is tricking her into bringing in the spirit of paymon so that it can be active in the house i mean i feel so fucking stupid like trying to defend all this because i don't you know the actual like mythology of hereditary is genuinely something i'm really not that interested in but i'm just like I'm trying to argue on on behalf of the, the metaphor, I, though, which is both. I agree with you. At times, it's like really overt, like the grandmother in the attic. But I mean, overall, the film distracts you from how overt that that is. You know, like if you were watching a a film that was just a family drama, and then they went up into the attic, and there was a dead body, it would just be like, come on. But it's like this is a horror film. Like it's designed to do that. So when you go up and there's just like all these flies, you already know what's going to happen. They're going to find a dead body in the attic. But it's like it's the grandmother's body and there's no reason it should be decapitated. And it is decapitated solely because they're finding a way to link it with the granddaughter like in an image. And I think things like that are like really brilliant. I mean, we don't get subtlety like that in most horror films. See, I wouldn't say it's subtlety. I think it's trying to bot it more than it can chew. I mean, I, I agree. Like, I think you could pick this all apart, but I think the sum total of it is, like, if this just would have been focused and, like, eliminated a lot of the, like, loose ends, like, it would have been great. I mean, think about It Follows, you know? Like, that's a film that is just, like, I think that film even, like, goes a little too far, but it's just, like, it's terrifying that it's, it, it obeys the same principle and it, the principle is given such sort of symbolic weight um, just by following that, you know, following. Um, and so I just, I wish there would have just been like a singular principle or like a logic that you could follow. Um, 
and I, there just I wasn't. Can't so anyway, all right, my computer's going to sleep now. You all I can't argue it out. That y'all didn't think there was like something to follow in that regard. I mean that that's the most shocking part of this whole conversation to me because it's like, I, it, it's not. Well, I guess like slightly to your point, Nate, it is so overt a lot of the time. And I think it does a really great job of sort of distracting you from like dwelling on how overt it is. And that's the whole horror aspect of the film to me. And I think that's really great. But it's like, I just, I just, it shocks me that like that aspect of the film is what's, it's what's bothering y'all. Like there, there are several things in this film that I didn't love and that had y'all brought up, I would be like, yeah, yeah, that bothered me too. But this to me is just such a like, like it's just a, blatant check mark at the beginning of the film is like oh yeah it's got the thematics down like it knows what it's talking about no so 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 so, no so it has the thematics that's what i think is the problem it doesn't have them down i get i get that grief is a part of it i get that like what is passed down i get that that those are the ideas that it's going for i just think that the way that it like has that manifested in the film doesn't work for me because i just don't understand to what ends it's using those other than like, oh, it's about evil passed down. It's not even evil, like, okay, though. Okay, like, like, go on. That's, that it's you're... like, I have... But that's what it... But that's what is no, in the movie. that's you, like, reading I, I the metaphor, it's, like, it's too blatantly. It's anything passed down. Oh, my God. No, I get that it's anything passed down. But, like, I don't understand, like... I don't think it does a good job of, like, showing how the characters deal with that. Like, I wish that it spent so much more time with them dealing like not in like a just like 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 that scene between the the uh the dinner table scene between the son and and the mother like i was like oh okay i get where this is going but then it it feels like that was like they're like oh this is like our big sort of like dramatic interaction between the two and then it shifts to like full horror with the seances and him being like overtaken by the spirit where I felt like that wasn't enough, that just didn't feel legitimate to me in any way of like how they dealt with that grief. And it felt like then there was like, okay, so us like focusing in on the way that people deal with grief in the intrafamilial aspect is now done. We are now, it is now moving into a horror way of manifesting itself. And when it left to the horror way of manifesting itself, it lost any sort of like effect on me. I didn't, I, it, 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 all of their actions to me then became filtered through, well, this is a horror movie. And so therefore they're going to act like this and not through like the ways that people do. I mean, I grief. guess if that's what's bothering you, then like, I can't, I can't really speak to that. Cause like, that's just not how I experienced the film. That's not how I felt at all. And you know, like we can logic it out, but like I've given my side and you've given your side. And it's like, what I hear you saying and you use the word is like I felt this way, and I'm like, well, I don't know what to tell you. I just didn't, you know, like I, yeah. I felt, like I yeah, felt uh, it fair. strongly. Like I felt the family drama, like weighing on me as if it were my own family for like two hours. I mean, it was, it was, I, it felt heavy. It felt relevant. It felt very like, it felt very pointed, and I, I don't. Like, yeah, there are definitely times where it's on the nose and I don't think it's a perfect movie, so I'm not defending it like it's a perfect movie, but I think it's a really great movie. And not that we have to give it credit because we like, oh, the genre of horror or something, but it's like to see this movie uh, show up 
in you know like 2018 in the midst of a genre that is like so empty and and just desolate of actual thought and concern and critique and like awareness is just for me really refreshing and so i think i see that and i'm like whoa this is great and you know and there's a bunch of people that have been talking about this how it's like hereditary and the witch and it follows and it comes at night like these are these this this new era of art house films that only like film critics love and that everyone else is just sort of like Bleh. you know like if you're a horror fan it's not scary enough if you're not a horror fan it's too artsy like it just doesn't have an audience but it's like these films are selling like crazy at the box office so like clearly somebody's lying about the way they feel because everyone's fucking seeing them you know like no other a24 film gets wide distribution just hereditary and like that's worth noting and like you i mean it's nowhere near the best film that a24 has released but it's a great film and it's adding something to the genre that i just don't think exists right now for the most part i mean what what does exist is what a24 and what like the orchard and certain people um distribute distributors are willing to purchase um and i don't know why i don't know why they have that taste i mean hereditary is just a well-made film so i could identify that you know common ground for a24 but i don't know why they're picking films like hereditary and the witch other than the fact that they're just well-made. And it speaks to the fact that most other horror films just aren't well-made. Garbage, like garbage content 99% of the time. And then you get something like Hereditary, and you're like, oh shit, this is such a well-made film. And it's thinking. It's thinking out loud, and it's making us consider, you know, like family life. It's making us consider relationships. It's making us consider how we interact with our family and what we inherit from our family that we don't want which is something that I want to say, like, I don't find most films dwelling on. And that is such a relevant aspect of being in the world is that, like, I mean, I love my family. I love my parents. I love my brothers. And, like, I, I would say the same is true for, like, most people I'm close to. But, I mean, there are a lot of people I'm close to and, like, myself included where it's, like, there are things we – there are ways we think. There are – um emotions we feel there are dispositions we have towards certain things that we inherit from our family and they don't understand why we feel that way and they feel a certain way that they expect us to feel and it's just like that it's a mess right like it, and we get blamed for it because like we are now a, a different generation or we're changing the way like this family has always been and it becomes something that we're responsible for or it turns us into black sheep some of us and it's, it's really garbage, you know? Like, we should not, for any reason, other than the fact that we were raised by them, which is significant, be like our family and be like our family members. But the, in the ways that we are, it, it can be a really beautiful thing. But when it becomes forced on us or when it becomes something that it's like, no, 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 as a insert last name, we do this. Or like, this is how we act or this is how we think or like, this is too, this is too risky or this isn't risky enough you know like based on what family you come from it's like that's a i mean that's a really considerable thing considerate thing that that hereditary takes into account and it's something that literally like every person and every family deals with and i like we don't get that from so many films not even horror films 
So, so, so that's so. Maybe this is sort of the rub. Is that like that's what plays do? I mean, like the sins of the father passed on to the son. Like there might not be a more used like thematic playground in plays. Like that is the bread and butter of the the, the American family drama. Like of of plays is the American family drama. That is like so much of it. So maybe that is also like I am encountering a lot of those stories very frequently and so it might be that like i yeah i'm just more steeped in those so i have not like i don't know i i get what you're saying like a lot of times when i see like something that's thematically like oh i love this because like i don't get a lot of this and it's so cool to see this done out that way but i've seen like for me like i've seen so many of them and i've seen them executed like with precision and like perfection and so like to see something that does go for that and uh, and does have a lot of moments that are really great i mean it really like there's a lot that about this movie that that this will be lost in the conversation but there is a lot in this movie that i really do enjoy and i think is really effective but for me the 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 sum total of it didn't feel like it was mm. yeah I, I, it just didn't well really, yeah i mean i don't think it worked that's in that way. that's something i but can't argue with and i, I it don't also might just be a difference to, you know like if you if it if a film doesn't work for you and you don't feel it then it doesn't work for you and you don't feel it you know like i there are so many films that i i have that experience with i mean most recently oceans eight like it it i just felt it that's not a film i'm really like super willing to defend from like a film theory perspective or anything like that but i just felt it i liked it i enjoyed it 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 felt good and i talked to and heard from a lot of people especially on twitter who were like they didn't feel that way they're like oh it was so stale and blah 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 and i'm like I don't have a counter argument, you know. My counter argument is I felt it. And that's it, you know. And that's definitely an aspect of experiencing art and yeah, it is valid. Sure. Yeah. Um but I and guess I valid. more than anything, I just want to like celebrate the fact that Hereditary is a Real thoughtful quickly. horror can, can, film that no, got go wide distribution and that everyone is seeing. And to me sure. that is like in a world of of uh, they haven't been mentioned yet, but they can't go unmentioned in any episode. In a world of Marvel and DC and cinematic universes, for Hereditary to exist is just like such a godsend. Um, and I don't know if you would necessarily agree with that based on how you felt, but I would hope that at least like in the context, like we could all recognize that it, it is a thoughtful film, you know? Oh, of course. And if it doesn't land for you, it doesn't land for you, but it, it, it's doing something yes. that a lot of films just aren't doing or or maybe a lot of films want to do but don't get the opportunity to do like in the limelight like that at least attempting so that's my love for the film agreed that pivoting from thematic discussions uh uh, what'd you think about tony collette god so good i think she's amazing yeah yeah you don't like her i i uh (laughs) mixed so like I I thought she was perfectly cast like just like her face is like just kind of low key fucked up you know yeah what I no, mean like there's something about it her face is terrifying yeah yeah um, I totally agree I just think she's given a really hard job and with you know about like 20 minutes left I was like I can't endure any more screaming and I think she as an actress cannot either like I'm watching her try to keep channeling this hysteria and for me it loses a lot of the weight. And I actually think that, like, for me, I felt like I could see the seams a little bit, like, in that fireplace scene where it does that, like, great wonder where they're going around the corner. 
But it just, it like, that was something where I was like, oh, these actors are really working. Like, I am watching them try so hard to be in this scene and really going for it. And it, and it felt a little bit like, uh, like, like, like Ari didn't know, or just like, well, I don't know. I mean, it's his first feature film, but it's like, that's one of those things where like, you need to like guide those actors very precisely for that moment. And it didn't seem like, it seemed like they were left out to like, yell these lines and cre- try to mount the tension themselves so he could have the cool oneer, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I, so yeah, there was like a lot of it where I liked a lot of her performance, but then at some point it became a tough hang in a way that was both actor and maybe not totally set up for success. Yeah. I thought the kid though was excellent. Which one? I, oh, the, 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 the boy. Peter. Um, I just thought, oh, dude, I just thought, like, he communicated so much with great. with such, like, little over, at, like, especially that dinner table scene where she yells at him and it pivots back to his face. Oh, my Jeez. gosh. Insane. insane. And, like, and, and then, like, and then also, like, right after him, like, you know, like, knocking his sister's head off, that shot of just casual. him sitting there, like. That's the best shot casual. of the movie. He was. So, oh, my God. It's the best absolutely. sequence because you don't know what happened. Yes. Yes. And it's just like, oh my God. Like it's, he communicates so much. So with such like, yeah, such minimalism. I thought, I thought leaving that movie was like, oh, that kid's good. He is like, good. We're going to see that kid doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. I feel know. like I've seen him in something recently that was bad, but I don't know. Whatever the case, like he definitely is very talented. No, I, I thought Tony Collette was amazing. I, like I thought the husband played a really great role. I, I honestly, there's not a single person in the movie that I would have cast differently i have a lot of questions about what it means to cast the daughter in that role because like i don't know as do i you know it's 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 i don't don't even know how to talk about it like but there's something about her brutal there's something about her face that's different than other people's faces i'll say that and without implying or or applying any sort of negativity to it it's just different and when you're looking at it, it's hard. So, like the eyes are a little sunken in. The mouth seems, uh, I don't know, a little like one side's longer. Her, her face is essentially just like, it's not symmetrical. And I think most people, um, or at least a lot of people I know, like see her and they think either something is wrong with her mentally speaking or different about her mentally or there's something different about her physically. But I'm like, how do you cast that role? What does the casting call look like? You know? And how do you eventually right. cast oh her gosh, knowing yeah, that it is her face? It's just her face. Not being anything different than the way it yes. is in real life that is going to freak people the fuck out. How do you do that? How do you cast that role without just insulting that person so deeply? Right. I don't know. I'm very curious. And then also like... very well cast. And then what that movie... Yeah. And then also what that movie does when there's like someone with like a it could be what you're saying is like could be perceived as like a disability of some sort or a manifestation of a disability and then to like brutally like kill her that way was like and yeah then tell us that she's the queen of satan yeah was a lit like there was a moment where after she like after like you see her head on the ground and like that's what happens there was a moment where I was like, I don't know if I want to play anymore. 
like this is like this is that was just so because just because of like who like it just like you already feel such sympathy for that little girl just because of like she's clearly different and clearly like you understand why like she's in her room alone like drawing these like fucked up pictures besides the fact that she's this daughter of the the queen of (laughs) satan like you know what i mean it's just like oh you just feel for that girl and then to have her go like that i was like okay i hope this is worth it like it was just like man that was that was a really tough pill to swallow that's funny yeah no it was i i it actually wasn't for me at all but i definitely hear what you're saying but no when that when that happened you know like when you like you said you focus in on the brother's face in the car and nothing happens total silence he goes home lays down on his bed and then like the first sign we get of anything of any result is is tony collette just screaming off screen like at the top of her lungs bloody murder like the most disturbing scream you can imagine and then when it shows her head i was like yes I don't know where this film is going, but I'm just so like, this is not what I was expecting. And I thought I had this film pinned down, but I did not think she was going to die. I thought she was going to be a focal character the entire time. I thought she was going to be. And then the previews definitely lead you that way. Yeah. So as soon as that happened, I was just like, whenever a film really upsets my expectations like that, it, it like, like, like cinematically turns me on. I'm just like, yes, like keep going, keep going. Like, I want to know what you're digging into because I was going a completely different direction and everything you're showing me is brand new. And I just, like, am fascinated by it. It's kind of how I felt, like, that whole film that's, after that is, the decapitation. That is scene. usually my... Absolutely. And that's usually my reaction as well. That's sort of what I was talking about on our other podcast uh, about First Reform, like, when it bottoms out. Where, like, you're suddenly, like, the net's gone and you're like, oh, I thought I knew what was going on and now i really don't yeah um it, usually i feel that way i just think like the brute the, the brutality with which it occurred was like i re- i i was more sort of like oh man i don't know like i think i want the net to be gone like i think i want it to take this turn but like i just do- i don't know if i'm in safe hands yet yeah um and, and then i have mixed opinions about yeah, yeah. whether i was or not um, well i think it's safe to so, say yeah. that whether we liked it or not which it doesn't sound like you hated it um you just, no, you just I, and, and, and all the yeah and all that you're saying about it of like a thing to be like respected and like acknowledged is like oh i'm so glad that it exists yeah. and glad that it's like wide release making money and people are talking about yeah, it. Like yeah people like that. everyone that i'm talking to is like have you seen this movie yet and so and and for me like i'm championing that and like excited that that's happening for sure uh, because I do think that like a lot of what it is doing is absolutely worthy of that conversation and like hopefully a sign that like these oh what what is it like uh there there's like a name for this type of horror not enlightened horror but like lifted horror or something like that that that's along with like the witch and the Babadook right, right. or something I, I, I heard something. a term for this something like that but um I'm glad that this keeps having like a uh, uh, a place in not just amongst film lovers but in popular culture as well yeah i think it's safe to say that we all have a lot to look forward to in ari aster's career and totally. the career of pretty much everyone in that film um yeah. and with that that gabriel Byrne. Gabriel, you better watch out gabriel for that for that, for that. <laughs> um he's coming all right with that yeah I'm Henry Greenberg. I'm an artist in Chicago. 
My name is Luke Hicks. I am a film critic currently living in Minneapolis. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram, or sorry, on uh, Twitter at Kinovision underscore pod. I don't think we're on Instagram. We probably won't be ever. And we have a Facebook page as well, nah. Kinovision. Pretty straightforward. And leave us a review on iTunes. We really appreciate reviews. Maybe we'll make a deal. If you if you leave a review on iTunes, that and I'm not pretending like this original other podcast do it, but it seems to work well. If you leave us a, re- a review on iTunes, we'll read it. We'll read it on, on the podcast, and then you can hear your words spoken. No matter what it says. No matter what it says. You can, you can make it say anything. And you know what? You can yell at Nate as much as you and, want. Like, bring Henry's it. And going to read it because he's an actor. So Henry's going to read it, and Absolutely. he's going to do a dramatic reading. He'll read it before he goes on the show. And so, like, if you really want to be expressive about how upset Nate makes you, then Henry's going to give it to him. He's really going to give it to him. And if you want to express love and you want, you know, to sort of, like, imagine that Nate and Henry are interested in each other romantically, then, you know, write something to Nate that expresses that, and then Henry will read it. And if you feel a certain way about me, feel free to do that, too. But the point is, leave a review. It's valued. That's the point. It's valued. Uh, Nate's a PhD candidate at Harvard. Um, (laughs) I'm over here. I can do my own. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Thank you for saving me. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Oh, I just farted right after you said goodnight. I wish it was loud enough. Over and over again. No, I would not give you false hope now. On this strange and mournful day. But the mother and child reunite is only emotional. Just can't believe it's so Though it seems strange to say I've never been late so low Such a mysterious way And the course of lifetime runs Over and over again But I would not give you false hope now On this strange